Welcome to The Fan Room, where we open the door to conversations about trauma, stress, race, and everything in between that happens to veterans before, during, and after military service. So grab a seat, sit back, and let's get to it. Let's get to it. You should join me on social media. Why not? I just... Cause man, it's it's just like it's it's too much. From my perspective, I see control. Mm-hmm. I see it's like back in the days, uh, like a long long time ago. Basically, they said that we would be able to like kind of see from a collective perspective of each other's thoughts, and social media is just that. It's a representation of just that. Yeah. So, and I also noticed the influence of when you see a collective thought you tend to buy into that thought so in order for me to control my own thoughts I kind of like tune out so I can just have time to think and gather my own perspective yeah it's like it's like it's movie reviews it's like movie reviews right like right if you're on Rotten Tomatoes and they it's like rated at like a 30% and you like when you watch the movie even if you liked it you like trying to find out why everybody else thought it was so bad. I right. Mean, and that, I mean, that's the hive mind, like the group thing. Right. Stuff that you're talking about, right? All right. So, so people, I've been listening to like a lot of podcasts recently, right? And this is like people say you got to intro your podcast. You got to talk about who you're talking to. And, you know, you got to talk about what you're going to talk about and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm going to try my best never to do that. <laughs> like, like, like I'm going to try my best never to intro a podcast. Um, but, so where I do want to start at is first of all, what's your name? Stephen Pierre. Okay, and then you're a vet, right? You're a vet. You did. I'm a veteran. Okay. So do you get Veterans Day deals? Do you like on Veterans Day? Do you? Man, I to- take full advantage. <laughs> I I got to man. Hey, re- remember the days? <laughs> remember the days you used to go on like the tour? We used to hit every joint. I remember all of them. You man. only gonna get one pancake from like you only. Gonna- yeah. So we go, we we had like three rounds of, uh, you know, just getting stuff, right? The, the planning involved in that, John, we was real strategic. Yeah, yeah. We had the whole, <laughs> we had the itinerary set up for that, right. right? So what years were you active? Because that's that's an important question for this I was active from 1997 to 2011. Okay, so you was active before um, September 11th, huh? Yeah. All right. Um, and then why, like... So you didn't do 20. That's what it sounds like, right? You didn't, didn't do, 20. do 20. Why not? Because I got higher tenure. Okay. And for the people that's listening that don't know what that is, right? What is that? What's higher tenure? Higher tenure is when you don't make the cutoff. So for me, I needed to make um, first class. I needed to make E6. Yeah. And I was an E5. Um, however, I couldn't get promoted. So basically it was like I, I did 14 and I had to get out. Okay. So it was like, you can't do no more time No. after this. If you are uh, E5 for 14 years, you got to get out the Navy. Right. Right. And we saw that like take plenty of like really good people out. Right. It Even took- before. It uh, took a bunch of good people because, I mean, like, back when I was in, we had a lot of knowledgeable, like, E5s. I watched the transition between, like, 
the downsizing, I went through that whole period where you had some rates, like my rates, I was a GSM for people that don't know. Mm-hmm. But What's it's that? a GSM, um, that's a gas turbine mechanic. So basically, we had an overmanned billet. And you know the saying, choose your rate, choose your fate. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, I had one of those rates where we had like less than a 2% promotion. So with that being said, it was very hard to make rank unless you were like really the top of the top. Yeah. You're going like the competition. And that's Navy wide. That ain't even command wide. That's Navy wide. Right. That's right? Navy wide. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, like the studying was um excruciating. You you were studying, you was you was really giving it your all just to make rank. Um and it never really changed. And that's the thing about the military is that if you if you don't know as far as what your rate is and you can come in, like, say, for example, somebody could be an IT during my time. And during that time, it was wide open. So an IT can come in, and I can watch them go to uh, E6 within a seven-year period. Right, yeah. Right. But it's all, it's not, it doesn't take anything away. It's not good or bad. It's just that, okay, well, that's that's a rate that's open. We're not open. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, there's certain errors in the Navy. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. So and, and then it's like sweet spots, right? It's like your year group. So it's like for me as an EM, if I would have joined such and such year, I could probably would have made rank this much faster than such and such who joined right. this year. Or right. if I joined this year, I'm shit out of luck. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. It's a lot of things that go into advancement. And a lot of people think it's like, you know, a lot of sellers think like, yo, I'm a failure because I didn't advance. And such and such is an IT and they made e- E6 in seven mm-hmm. years or five years or something like that. And a lot of so many variables in that. Yeah, you know it what is. I, mean? um, I remember when it was like f- for your rent, for your rate, because we used to look at, you know, we used to always look at all this stuff. I remember for your rate, it was a point five. Man. It was it was low. <laughs> It, it was, was a point five. I was like, I remember saying like, damn, a half man. a person. <laughs> it was at point five percent. I remember saying a half a fucking person <laughs> made rake, man. Right, <laughs> right. A half a GSM made rake. So, but that was crazy. It was locked up, right? It was so very that, locked up. So now you were in a scramble because you were a twelve year, thirteen year second, right? So, uh-huh. by, like, when did you make second? Do you remember mm-hmm. at what year of your career? Not what year, not not what year period, but what year of your career did you make second? I made second on my second tenure, my second contract. So around like year five? So that was around year five. Okay. So when you say 14 years, so you got about nine years. Nine years. As a second. As a second. So that means you get to a command and you do, let's say you don't five years of that command. Uh-huh. You're second. So after like two years now, you pretty much scrambling like what else is it to do here? Right. Right? And then then it's like I'm the the test I'm cutting in a ninety some percentile. Right. Right? It's like how do I make rank? I, I gotta do something, I gotta get mapped. I got well, it used to be called capped. Now it's called mapped now. But mm-hmm. I gotta get capped. I gotta do something like that. And then that's competitive. 
that's that's very competitive. Super competitive. Because so, y'all was at a point where y'all had to like get an E out qual just to be competitive. Just exactly. As second class as an engineer, right? Exactly. Yep. It's crazy when that become the standard. You know what I'm saying? That's so, how it was. So we saw a lot of people, a lot of good people get pushed out because of high year tenure, right? A lot of people call it high year. High year tenure, when you look at black and white, we saw a lot of people. It, it was other stuff, PT, perform to serve, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. A lot of people got pushed out because of that. All right, so joined in 97. Um, who were you? Well, just for a second, you know what I'm saying? Who were you when you joined? <laughs> Man, um, when I joined, yeah, I was a knucklehead. I was a complete knucklehead. I mean, I was I was from New Orleans, undisciplined. Yeah. Like, I wanted some Popeye's chicken in the car, man. I wanted I wanted a, a Camaro. Like that was me. Right. That, yeah. Like that was, and you know, I got my apartment or whatever. Like my standards was was completely low. I was like, I was just trying to like live, just trying to make it out the hood. So that's that was my mo when I first joined the Navy. And I got to travel and, and, and like my eyes opened up, you know, I realized that, you know, the world was bigger than just New Orleans, Louisiana. Right. And I learned a lot. I grew as a person. So with that being said, um, yeah, I had to, I had to, I forced myself. I had to change. I had to become competitive, but that wasn't, who I was in the beginning as yeah. far as like what I needed to do. So I think when I met you, you was at like year 11 yeah. of your, of your uh, enlistment. And um, you value from what I know. Cause you know, like we talk like a lot of times on this pod, I'm talking to people I love, you know what I'm saying? And I, I like, I want the audience to know that. So I'm talking to people I have love for and I love. Um, so when we met, you were like year 11 and um, you value knowledge. Like it seemed like you value, you know, knowledge. You was one of the people that put that, you know, on my head about the value knowledge. And Still. when you had me in this, when I'm in a space as an EM, I wasn't just in a space as an EM trying to get a monitor qual or operator qual. I was in a space as an EM trying to be better than the GSMs that was in a space and competitive. Um, when did you transition from knucklehead to valuing knowledge? That's a that's a good question. Very good question. Um, I was one of those I was one of those sailors where I used to bang my hat to the left. I used to wear tims to quarters. Um, I used to wear <laughs> do rags yeah. under my Shit. hat. Yeah. Same, same now, right? <laughs> but still, like I was doing all the wrong things, but it's like I was challenging the system. Uh-huh. With that being said, um, I've always like I used to do art, I used to do poetry, I used to do a lot of stuff. Um, so I was low key smart, but I never let people know that because in Louisiana, that's that's not the the norm. Like we. When when you when you kind of have some sort of intelligence, you have to hide it. Mm-hmm. So with yeah. that being said, that's kind of the way I was. That's kind of the way I was accustomed to doing things. Um, it was a point where I met a guy from Tennessee um, named Malone, 
pretty much me and him, he was a GSM-3 too, both of us. Mm-hmm. And we used to study together because we both got low evaluations. We were looked at as, well, we, weren't, we were never going to advance. So when we studied, both of us scored like in a 98 percentile on the test. And that's when it kind of hit us that, yo, if we do this, they can't really like you have they have to acknowledge what we're doing. So that's when it kind of like I had an epiphany that like no matter what people think about me, as long as I can show them what I can do as far as if I can show them that I'm actually intelligent, then they have to give me some sort of respect, some semblance of respect. So with that being said, that was something that nobody could take away from me. Mm-hmm. So once that kind of hit me, that was my thing from the Navy then on out. And that's when I became like truly competitive because I realized that I had some sort of advantage. Mm-hmm. So I would study in... I would I would just keep studying, keep studying, keep learning, learning the systems. And eventually I got to the point where by the time I got to Norfolk, Virginia, on that boat, I was well into learning the systems. As soon as I hit the boat, I had a um as soon as I hit the Villa Gulf, I had a conversation with uh with a guy named GSM Two Willis. And one of the first conversations, the very first conversations we had, I spoke to him and told him, um, I'm trying to get my EI called. What you trying to do? Like, you with me? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, he looked at me like I was nuts. And I'm like, I'm serious. Like, I'm going to do this. And so, you know, um, he didn't believe me at first but i was already well versed into like i i had already been studying for like years at that point so i knew from a knowledge perspective that i just needed to refine the as far as that terminology based on that platform but like a ddg i already knew it like i had that down pat as far as i was already pat qual um so I just needed to learn like the boiler system. So it was just a few systems that I had to tidy up on. Other than that, I was good. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty much it. So once I got on the, once I got on the Villa Golf and when I kind of showed the chiefs in the first classes that I wasn't just coming there and, and like, I needed to learn, like I'm not so so par. Yeah. I realized, okay, well, I had the knowledge. They knew that I was capable, but then I realized it was gonna be a problem because in that system they weren't really accustomed to letting second classes get in the yeah. So it was it was that's when the problem started presenting itself. Yeah. I mean y'all like y'all broke down barriers, man. Because I was a second class on there who got my E out, um, mm-hmm. and you were there for that. Yeah, you know, so I'm 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 happy about that. Um, but we've seen like, I think y'all two were the first, um, and then they like opened up the door for people to you know trust us. We had a little, it was a little issue with one of our second class E outs, and it almost made 
that almost made me not get my board. Um, I ain't going to get into that, but uh, that almost made me not get the board. Um, I remember Top saying, like, uh, and Top, man, Top is still probably one of my favorite people that I've met in the Navy. But, um, and that's Carajulo. But I remember him saying, like, hey, man, hey, like, <laughs> we probably not going to board you because, uh, but, and I don't even know if you remember this, but they were a little reluctant to board me because of what happened with another second class EO. Very fast into his time as EO. And I remember talking to Top, who was a reasonable person. And it pretty much was, hey, man, like, I really, I don't know if it was me or, or I talked to Chief and Chief talked to Top. Um, but I, I knew Top wanted to see me get my EO, but then Top was also apprehensive because of you know what happened but i remember uh top being like yeah we gonna you know we're gonna get you your eo and i went up with an officer uh may he rest in peace because he passed away but i went up with an officer as a second class he was an officer mm -hmm. and we both you know we both got our eo there but um man we have a million things to talk about right and i so i know this ain't gonna be the only time that we talk um to each other in this forum right because <laughs> at some point we gonna get into like I told a story on my podcast about one of my boys uh going to a job with the U with the US map. <laughs> <laughs> with the US map uh, letter. And it was right. you. You was the person. So right. so we definitely gonna get into that because that's pretty much what we're gonna be talking about this whole uh episode is transition. Right. Mm -hmm. So we man, we got stories, man. We got like Man, dude, I think we got like, uh, like we got uh, a lot, man. Like, use the debit card when it's down to a dollar to put gas in the tank. <laughs> stories. I think we got split ten dollars stories, split five dollars stories, lay together stories, uh, lay together another places stories, lay together another places stories. Yeah, man. Uh, music stuff we did together. A whole lot of stuff we did together. A whole lot of life, man. Um. A whole lot, man. We it's a lot of chapters in those, it's you know, lot. couple years. It's a whole lot. Um, and I, so I know, man, we got so much to talk about there, but we strictly came to talk about transition, right? Because it's a beautiful journey there, right? Right. So, all right. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna ask you to put your thinking cap on for a second, right? Because I want to start the story out like, like, kind of like T minus thirty, right? So T minus thirty for me is this. You were second class, you getting out the Navy in 30 fucking days, right? You know that, right? Um, you ready? You not ready? Like, what's going on in your head? You know you getting out in 30 days. Yo, I wasn't ready. I was not ready at all. So, in that situation, like, I knew I had my higher tenure, so for me, I know that I've already done my time and I'm getting I'm getting my money. So I'm good. So at the time I was in the transition and I was thinking about where I wanted to be as far as um, where do I live? Where where am I comfortable with living? Um, so I had to think about locations that I wanted to move to. Do I want to go back home or do I want to uh, continue to pursue you know, my career further. With that being said, I knew I had a matter of time. Um, kind of looking at what it was I wanted to do. So um, I wind up, 
I wound up going back to New Orleans for a brief stint. I wound up uh, getting with a business partner that I had created earlier in my Navy career. So, all right, just to give you all some backdrop information. So I started, a, I started, a, I helped co-partner a business while I was in the military when I was a, a E2. So in New Orleans, I had a, a business partner. We had, a, we created a valet parking company during a time where I co-partnered with a cousin that was in Morehouse College at the time where he used to do valet parking. Um, I went down. Just to fast forward, I went down to New Orleans once I got out the military. And basically, within four days, I realized that, you know what? This is not what I want to do with myself. I kind of wanted to further my career with what I wanted to do. And I had three things that, like, I have a mechanical background as a GSM, a gas server mechanical. Um, I wanted to be, I wanted to shore up the electrical side. And I kind of wanted to dabble in IT. So with that being said, I wound up coming back to Virginia within four days. So I went to New Orleans. Now let, let's let's go back though, because you because um, you you're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to. Are you scared? Thirty days out. Thirty days out. I'm very scared. I was shook completely. Right. Now what you got set up? Thirty days out. I have nothing set up. All right. Absolutely much? nothing. I I'm, I got tap class going on right now, and tap class is is coming at you a thousand miles a minute. They're giving you a thousand links to research to uh-huh. tell you what to look at. But that's like that's like a foreign language because everything is coming at you, and some of those things are not going to be like they're applicable, but they're not right. Right. How, how much money you got 30 days out? I got my higher tenure money. Yeah, because that's back when they used to get right. money. So you you already have it or you know it's coming? I know it's coming. Okay. Um. So what plans do you have 30 days out? For me, like I said, because I had uh because I had a business. Uh-huh. My plan was Go I'm back going home okay. and, and like I'm gonna be the part the co partner of my business. So it was like I'm good. I'm going back to New Orleans. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, New Orleans and I'm I'm gonna be a co partner in the business. All right, so now we and this is the part that I always want people to say that's vets that got out early and they never tell me it. So and I, but I know you're gonna tell me it. So you lead a ship for the last time, right? That day, you walking down the pier. That day was on your mind. That, that moment, day, man. That, that last a, walk. That was a somber moment, man. Uh huh. Like I was leaving some of my best friends, um, and I was leaving my my life, all that I knew, like the second half of my life. Understand that I came in the military at seventeen, so uh-huh. as an adult, all I knew was the military. So with that being said, now there's there's nobody over me to tell me what decision to make. As much as we all hate the, you know, we have Reveille, we have TAPS, we get a lot of instructions of what to do, right? There's nobody telling you anything no more. Yeah. So you get to make 
every single decision for good or bad. So with that being said, it's like, yeah, I got the world at my palms now, but I don't have a clear vision of what it is I want to do. And then you were closing a chapter that you weren't ready to close yet, right? I wasn't ready to close. I fought to the very end. Uh, so where'd you go that day? Where'd you go? You went to New Orleans that day? I didn't go to New Orleans that day. I actually, I think I stayed in the area for for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, probably like a couple of weeks. And then I left. Okay, so you had you had somewhere to you had you had a lifeline for a little bit. You had somewhere yeah. to stay. All right, so now you got this big bag of money, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> the higher tenure money or whatever, um, and you you go to New Orleans, and you said that you was there for four days. Four days. Four days, and you realized that that wasn't it. I, I went, all right, funny story. I went home for four days. Uh-huh. And within that four days, I met a couple of, I, I had to be introduced as the silent partner because even though I had been running this business for years, nobody knew me because I was the partner that was away. Yeah. So with me showing up, a lot of people got introduced to me as like it's like a, a a new CEO coming but you have no idea of this person's personality mm-hmm. so already it was already friction with me coming into town right and a lot of people were the, the workers were like nah they, they wasn't feeling it for one and me I have a military background so you know all the stuff that we're accustomed to as far as discipline and soon as I saw the most minuscule things I was ready to let people go. So right, I was right. coming in, I was coming in with drama because I was just like, nah, I don't like this, this person lazy, this person not showing up to work. Like we have standards in the military, whether we realize it or not. So with that being said, I was ready to let go half the staff. Yeah. And that's when I realized, like, you know, maybe I might have been taught too well by the military. Right, yeah. And <laughs> like in the general workforce, this is a lot not, of things. Yeah, that things slide. are different. Yeah. And so I realized that even with my business partner, like there were, I was more disciplined than my business partner. And we were going to have a conflict. And I realized that like, well, this is not going to go well because I can't teach him what I've learned in the last 14 years of my life. Right. I can't teach my, and this was my older cousin mm-hmm. that went to college. Already had, he was a civil engineer. So it's like, I can't teach him the some of the life values that I've learned from the military. With that being said, he's going to run a company a certain way that um, I didn't agree with. So with that being said, I, I kind of like backed off, humbled myself, and realized that it was his vision. I needed to have my own vision. So I made my decision very, very quick. Mm -hmm. And I left and came back up to Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah, so, all right, so, but now, you know, so now that's like, 
That was plan A. That was plan A. Right. So, all right. So, again, we I'm back in your head again because it's like, what are you thinking now? Because plan A wasn't really what you thought it was going to be. You know what I'm saying? So now you on. Did you already have plan B or did you just pack up and go to Norfolk? I packed up and went to Norfolk. Without so, a plan B. Without a plan B. Not okay. The plan B wasn't. It wasn't planned, which is like I'm totally unaccustomed to because anybody that knows me knows I always have a plan. Right. So I was completely out of my element. So once I came back up to Norfolk, I wind up getting in some situations that not to say that I'm, you know, like proud of, but the whole time I was in the military, never had issues, any of that. So I get back up to Norfolk. I'm coming up just to, to kick it with the homies. I'm coming up to see you. I'm coming up to see your brother. And I wind up getting caught up in, in some DUI situations. Question. Yep. Were you still on leave? Like, were you still on terminal leave then? Or was you already out the Navy? I was... I was on terminal leave, so it was it was in the middle of like terminal leave and me getting out. Okay, all right. Yeah, so pretty much, um, I never went to mass or nothing for it like that because it was like at the very end. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I remember. That's crazy that I just like that just came in my head. Like, damn, you was on because I remember it. Yeah. You know, so my court dates wasn't until like leave. after I was like completely yeah. out. All right. So you got you said you got a DUI. Yeah. Okay. Was you like soon as you got back to Virginia? Soon as I got back to Virginia. Okay. So, what happened after that? Like, what happened after that? Do you? So, what happened after that? I wind up. I wind up uh, going to jail for forty two days. Never forget it. Was right? it after that DUI? It was after that DUI. Okay. So one DUI. Uh huh. And you went to jail for forty two days after it. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I wound up. I wound up catching two. Okay. I just making sure. <laughs> yeah. We, you, you know. You I, mean, know I think we can laugh. At, that's why. Yeah. That's why I want to make sure because I'm trying to add everything up right. too. Right. But those it got it got charged as one. Uh huh. Right. So what they 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 wrapped it into one. So with that being said, like I got charged um, as the first time DUI, I got a lawyer uh-huh. on deck just to make sure. Um, so when I wind up getting charged, they wind up putting me. I went to um, VCC, I believe. I'm. It, don't fault me if I'm not quoting this correct. Uh-huh. But yeah, I went to um um VCC, which was Virginia Beach like correction center. Yeah. So with that being said, they lo- I got lost in the system, which is why I wound up doing 42 days because they like they lost my information completely. I I was I wasn't supposed to be in nearly that long. So I have credit on the books, even to this day. Yeah. So Within that time frame, I wound up having a kind of, I just had a reset. 
And I start thinking about, you know, my whole naval career, like growing up in the military, everything I learned and what I wanted to do, you know, being a business owner and having everything in front of me to feeling like I'm losing grasp of my life. Yeah. So within that time frame, um, I had a I had a girlfriend at the time. And she was kind of, you know, we was chopping it up heavy. And I wound up, I wound up kind of coming up with my next plan. Well, within, and you talk about why you were in the Yeah, correct, why okay. I was in the correction center. Okay. So with that with that being said, as soon as I got out. Um, well, 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 let's stay there for one second. Yeah. Um, two reasons. My first reason is... Um, you being in the correction center, a part that's a part of why I changed with some things that I was doing as a person, um, as far as like just spending, spending money, right? Whether I was, um, I, I talked about it before, but I went through some stints of depression at that time that I didn't know I was going through. But in hindsight, mm-hmm. when I look at my life and what I was doing, it was depression. But um. But I remember uh, just a, a few different occasions of us like like I never want to be that broke to where like I can't scram like scramble up enough money to like pay a bell bondsman for like you know a friend my friend um, and I remember a couple of us like you know like it was a few occasions like we were there before we went there a couple times mm-hmm. um just outside and was looking for the bell bondsman either they were there or they wasn't there we had it and then something came up we i just didn't have it anymore and i know you know y'all had to used to pull me to the club so i wasn't like spending my money like at the club i just wasn't making that much money but i wasn't saving and i you know but i just that's one of those moments of my life that's like yo i never want to be in a position where when it come down you know the time i can't but it was a few times for the most part that I was had it, but like, you know, it was a group thing and people supposed to come up with stuff and they ain't never happened. But that was, you know, for me and for those people, um, I know that I was like, I never want to, you know, be in this position. You know what I'm saying? Now, what I wanted to ask you was what, what's your story without the DUI, without the, 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 the time and the career, is your story different? Basically, like how impactful my story is. My story is way different. Okay, without the DUI. Okay, but I felt like I probably, in some ways, I felt like I kind of needed it uh-huh. because I was coming into awareness of myself, right? Um, and what I mean by that is, I I knew what my capabilities was. And I knew that I I had an expectation getting out the military where I kind of needed to be humbled. So I expected, because I knew I was just coming off of EIO. I knew I was just coming off of number one, second class. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was like, I'm going to get out the military and I'm going to just become like a power plant engineer. I had already been working on my journeyman's. I had all of this stuff lined up. So to me, it was just, it was a blip. So I was going to get out and I was going to like 
being Norfolk and I was probably going to just continue just on the civilian side, not mm-hmm. really having any insight on how the civilian side worked. So this was before they didn't recognize the U.S. maps or anything like that. <laughs> so I thought that everything was about to be all yeah, good. Because you had the U.S. maps. Right. <laughs> I had Search, my EIL, so I had like I was like I got everything, so I'm good, right? But you know, in that certain in that time frame where I had never been to in a in the court system, never been in trouble in my life, like mm-hmm. anything. So I, I had no expect, like I had no idea of how it was gonna go. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I didn't want to get caught up in the system and want to have to like things to be harder on me, right? So, um, you said you was, uh, you had a girl at the time. Y'all yeah, was talking I had a, heavy. Yeah, we, we was talking heavy. And you start formulating. Yeah, so I start coming up with my plan while I was, you know, like, you know, doing a, doing a little, doing a little minute. Yeah. And like me with the way my mindset is, is I'm already thinking, well, you know, this is, this is a hit. This is more than a hit than I could withstand, right? And even though I have all of these things lined up, I've gotten EIL, I've did all of this stuff in the military that I feel like it's going to carry me across, I don't know. And now I'm doubting myself. So I took extreme measures, and I just got completely out of my comfort zone, and I was like, well, I'm just, I got post 9-11, I'm going to just hop in college. Mm-hmm. So since I came back to, up to Virginia, I was just like, well, I'm just getting school, use that post 9-11. That's what I did. And, you know, I put my back against the wall because with the post 9-11, it's like you have to get a full, you got to be a, like a full student to get the post 9-11. Yeah, and they paying for your school. They're paying yeah. for what, your tuition? They paying for tuition. They paying your BH, and you, and they paying for your uh, housing. So you yeah. had an apartment on, on yeah. that dime, right? Yep. Okay. And did you need anything more than that, or was that enough? Well, I needed more than that because they just paying like they just paying for your BH. Uh-huh. So if you making a certain GPA, and they paying for your BH. The thing people don't realize is, you know, like when you set up your um, your college schedule, some of your classes needed to go through your degree program may not be like consecutive. It may not be consistent. So if you take a fall semester and the next class that you need, it might not be till next year. Mm-hmm. So now you need to fill in that schedule so you can keep getting your B.H., Oh, so you only get BH as long as you're in class. As long as you're in class. Okay. So with that being said, like I had to, you know, I had to kind of get creative and and make sure I was taking classes in line that goes with my degree program, just to keep the BH coming. And I was applying for FAFSA. I was getting um my Pell grants in the process, and even when I got the Pell grants, I had to be really restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to find discipline that I didn't even have to have in the Navy just to be able to make ends meet. So, What you mean by that? Like, I would get a Pell Grant. My Pell Grant would come through 
And I might sit on that Pell Grant for like three months. Mm-hmm. Three months where, you know, I have to like, I have to, I have to learn the meal prep just because let's say, for example, they give me $5,000. Yeah. And I know that a certain, I can't take my class that I need that goes with my degree program. Okay. So you ain't, you ain't in no classes. So you're yeah. not getting BAH. Yeah. Okay. So with that being said, between the times that I get BH, I'm living off that Pell Grant. Food, rent, everything. And that's what the Pell Grant was for? Yeah. For your for your living expenses? Yes. Okay. All right. So you so you out of the Navy, right? So let's let like let's kind of highlight. So you out of the Navy, within 30 days of getting out of the Navy, you mm-hmm. in jail. You find yourself in jail. Yeah. At some point, right? You get out of jail, um, you start college. Yep. You got your money you got for being for being high year tenure. Mm-hmm. You got your BAH. Yep. And you got Pell Grants. Yep. But the BH don't necessarily come like when you when you first get out, uh-huh. it's not instantaneous. Okay. So it takes some time. Like if you proactive, um, if you really proactive, that's the fastest you can get it. If you like really got a plan and you initiate it, like within those thirty days. So if you're using tap class, and you actually like actually going through as many links as you can possibly go through, even mm-hmm. though they're gonna give you like a, a million links to look up, um. Within that time, you want to kind of, you want to be proactive. You want to apply for your FAFSA, especially if you know you're going to get in school um, and get that whole process out the way as quickly as possible. So it's a chance that you could be in school and not get in your BAH. Yeah, because you still got to go through a bit of approval process. They, they'll approve your class and they'll pay for your class. Okay, all right. So but the BH happens after, like, the way BH works is after you prove that you enrolled in class and then yeah. they'll start. So it happens on the back end. So how was that BH coming to you in checks or, like, at this time in, like, direct deposit to, like, your bank account or something? Direct deposit. Okay, all right. You so, can set it up either way. And you had an apartment? Yeah. Uh-huh, and you had a car? Yep. Okay. Uh so so where where are we? So we're at school, BAH, apartment, car, girlfriend. Yep. What you going to school for? I went to school for electronic engineering. Like I said, that initially my plan was I was a me- uh, gas turbine mechanic. Mm-hmm. So I wanted the electrical side. I couldn't cross rate while I was in the military. So when I went to school, I went to school for electronic engineering. Okay. And then you got the degree. Yeah. What degree was that? Electronic engineering. Okay. So you got associates in electronic engineering, bachelor's, bachelor's in electronic engineering. All right. So anything noteworthy, humbling in that school process? How many years? Three? Uh, About, yeah, 
three years and then some change. Yeah, it always, it always feel like more. School always yeah, like that it's last. Long, it's, <laughs> it's long, man. <laughs> Them first two years, but that last year, it seemed like it just dragged. Like, damn, it's another class. <laughs> like, 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 I mean, like the I think I think the the first year was was my it was a transition of just it's just like going to the gym, man. It's like yeah, when you first get in there, that's the toughest. But once you kind of get in the rhythm. Yeah. And you know it's I don't know something just hits you like you all right I got this now yeah right so after a while it was just it's like second nature I had I had my system now I remember when I was in school and I would get so caught up in like uh, like assignments right because mm-hmm. went to film school so most of the stuff for like assignments and you you went me through that process you yeah. know what I'm like I said yeah we got a lot of history I wish that we could sit here and talk to y'all about all our history but we sh- want to talk about transitioning right but so i'm you know i'm getting all these projects man and at the time i'm dating who's my wife now and i and my mom had just finished school and she you know she had her bachelor's at the time got her master's now congrats baby That's but um i'm asking well, well i'm getting frustrated you like you know me like um i'm like a task driven person right so I like to get whatever the job at hand is done, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I like to the T. So, like whatever they got is like the the goals for the assignment and all that. I'm like, that's all I'm doing. Like, like I'm not giving y'all more less. I'm hitting these goals y'all want me to hit, and I'm done. But every now and then it would be an assignment that like I just know like yo I can't like do this to the best of my ability, like. It's no way. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, so my mom and my girl at the time, they like, just do something. Just turn something in. And I ain't really know what that looked like. Like, I don't know what just do something looked right. like. Like, just turn something in. Me? No. Right. I want this thing to be the best that it could be. They like, just turn something in. I never really got nothing under a 90 doing that. You know? And it was a few occasions where and they had to tell me more than once, but it was a few occasions where I really did. Like, I just did something. Uh-huh. Like, yo, all right, let me just knock something out, you know? And okay. I got it done. And that's what, you know, when you talk about, like, it took me a year to learn and understand, like, going to the gym. That was one of the muscle memories that I had to learn in college was like, yo, just do all your work. Right. Just do it all. You know, then I got this other conspiracy theory that all oh, this shit is a business anyway. But I, you right. know, I don't get it all that. I got you. But but you know, I I, I just turned something in, and I was. Did you ever have any moments where it's like, yo, I'm gonna just do something? You know, I wasn't. I'm 110 every. You know, every nah, man. I I I actually never had those moments because, like, on on a like external. For everybody that see me, everybody always think I got it together. Right, right. And in my mind, like I, I'm a I'm a total disaster, man. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm like I'm paranoid. So I over prepare for every single thing. Right. So I'm I'm like I'm frantically studying. Like my the, my studying is like the most chaotic thing ever because it's like. I'll, I'll think whatever I do is not like, I, you know, it's the one thing that I don't study that's going to get me yeah. on a test, 
right? So I'm I'm overstudying every time. Yeah. And it it like throughout college, I never like let that go. It's like I studied with a chip on my shoulder. I was studying for like sometimes six, ten hours a day. Yeah. I think right? I got that from you. I think you taught me <laughs> so, that. I never let it go, man. And it's like for a while it kind of felt like I just had PTSD or something. I don't know what yeah. it was. Yeah. But I wound up like I did real good in college. Like I made the honor roll every semester, just yeah. knocking it out. So it was funny because I was horrible in high school. <laughs> I was insane. Same. Hey, so I got a question for you though. Uh are you are you like me where it's like, dude, like if if I gotta hit enter or send or yes, mm-hmm. I'm like looking. Like if I had to do something before I hit enter send or yes, mm-hmm. I'm like like for instance, like I'm running the chief season this year, um, and I had to send an email out to all the chiefs right in yeah. the region. So these chiefs, master chiefs, senior chiefs, all that stuff, and I'm like, now mind you, my email is really just a carbon copy of one of my co leads that's running it too. She had already wrote like a little copy up and i'm like just looking at it like yo after i hit send i can't unsend this you know what i'm saying right. like like so and i'm like ah. <laughs> you know then i just hit send i'm like all right it's sent you know what i mean are you that kind of person too or i'm the i'm the type of person that even after i send it i'm still going yeah. back and analyzing the email then and you find then the fuck up <laughs> i go to youtube and figure out how to unsend all of that shit right <laughs> And like, and I'll I'll redo what I sent if I find a better way to yeah. to send it. Like yeah. if I have a uh, better verbiage. So I, I'm like, I'm my own worst critic. I just keep analyzing and analyzing over and over. Yeah, and it's crazy because you talk about being frantic, and you talk about, and it's like, you know, so like you said, like on the outside, a lot of people see you know certain stuff, but it's like when you. Like man, we like we've had like some very like like I hate like some of these work, but we had like some very intimate moments in life, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember this, but it was like one of our deployments. Like it was, I think it was the second deployment we did on the ship together. But we get off because this we got real cool, and we got off, and we uh we were like uh we had like plans to go do something like party or something that day. And that's all we could think about was like, man, we just going to wait till everybody that got to kiss their wives, first babies and all this get off. So we already waited for like, I think like, I want to say like three hours to get off the ship. Like everybody got off before us. Right. And we chilling. We take our showers. We good to go, man. <laughs> I think. And then we had bags because, you know, you got suitcase because you ain't about to come back. Like right. we're going on whatever we do after this. We're going to leave after we this. Out. We out. Your whip, your your car was at the, you know, these like these like uh, you know, rascal days, you know. So I think yeah. you parked, I think you parked your car in the parking lot. Yo, was that when I had the when deployment. I had the, the, the Civic Jones? I think so. Yeah, we was out. But you parked before <laughs> deployment. But do you remember this? So we boom, waited three hours. Leadership, we got all our bags. I think you got about two. I got about two heavy bags. We get to the whip. Yeah, but when you forgot your keys, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they man. was on the ship. <laughs> yeah, I love you, man. And, and, and I, I don't think I was ever this frustrated in my life, man. And it probably wasn't outwardly, you know, because it's like 
so much respect, but I'm like, damn, please forget. I don't even think I walked back with you. Like, I think I stayed. I said, like, y'all, but Yo, just stay in the car with you, the bag. You, you was ready to go, man. <laughs> You remember that? Yo, nah, nah, man. Cause <laughs> yo, we had we had moments. We had like a lot of moments like yeah. that, man. Yeah. I like, was just like, fuck, man. I was like, I was like, yo, P, I'm gonna just stay at the car with the bags, man. He was like, man. And it's crazy because you ain't realize you forgot your keys really till we got to the car. Cause cause you had your bags on you. So as soon as you put the bag down, you start patting your pockets. And, and I'm like, I'm looking, and I, I already know it. I'm like, man, he forgot his keys. <laughs> And like you just patting your pockets, like yo. If I keep patting these, if I keep patting these joints, these keys go to appear. <laughs> and it was just like never appeared, man. So you had to go back. You you got the keys. We we had a great, we had fun. We you know, but uh-huh. but we was like, wow, we was walking down the pier at first. We was talking about everything we was about to do. Yo, we about to do this, this, this. He's like, oh man, don't tell me. I was like, oh. <laughs> All right, so school, um, being being your own like worst critic is that the best way to say that? Yeah, um, your own most critical judge, your own worst critic. School, um, but you finished it great, right? You finished I, I, it. I finished it, man. Were you still dealing with legal issues through school the whole time? Uh huh. How the humbling whole was that, time, bro? Like. Man, I had, I had a, like, I think I didn't, I didn't really stop dealing with legal issues until probably my last year of college. Uh-huh. How humbling was that? Hmm? How humbling was that for you? Um, well, for me, I felt like, like. Like I said, it's it's just it took me to a different mindset. Right. Overall, it was like, is I have to like I have to succeed. I have to do this. I can't like I can't let up. That's why I was so paranoid because it's like I was so shook of getting a bad grade because I felt like every my whole life everything that I envisioned was on the line. Right. Cause, cause what was the re- what what were all the legal repercussions of the DUI? You did forty some day forty. What was it? Forty two days. Forty two. So you did forty two days. Um, whatever points or whatever you had, whatever charges. But what else? Anything? Was it any other legal ramifications? Nah, it, it wasn't really like. I mean, it's a DUI. It's not like it wasn't. Like if you know the legal system, it's a misdemeanor. It's not yeah. uh, a felon. That's the whole different ball game. Yeah. If you classified as a felon and you're trying to get a job, right? With that being said, but even with a misdemeanor coming fresh off a of DUI, mm-hmm. like trying to get a job, I was trying to get a job the whole time while I was in Norfolk, Virginia, but. Of course, when you're doing applications, that come up. So needless to say, I never got a job while I was in, like, in school. So yeah. because of my legal issues, it, it just never worked out. So some people, when they used to get the DUIs, I don't know if they still do this, but when they used to get the DUIs, they used to make the people put the breathalyzers in their car. Yeah. Right? 
Did you ever have to deal with that? I had the whole time. All right. And that's, you know, that's uh, pretty much what I was trying to. And like, so with the breathalyzer, how long you got to have it in your car for? Um, You remember? I think I might have had mine in 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. Right. So month 17, right? Let's go to month 17, right? How humbling is this experience with a damn breathalyzer in your car at month 17? I mean, at at month 17, you used to it. It's just yeah. like, it's, a, it's another thing. Like, So when is it like... It's humbling in the beginning. Okay. When, you know, you have to like, you got to get this installed in your car. And you can't like, you can't even drive your junk unless you blowing this junk. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. It's like electronically connected to you. That's crazy. So it's like, so now it's like, damn, I'm at a point where I got to blow into this bullshit mm-hmm. in order to even drive my car. Yep. This is BS. I would be thinking, so the way my mind works is I would be thinking by like month 17, I'm like, yo, I really cannot wait to get this thing out of my car. I'm so mm-hmm. tired of this shit. Boom. But you, by month 17, you're like, all right, just, just you know. Par for the course. We didn't figure out ways. We didn't figure out ways around. <laughs> that's that's it's funny, thing. but you, you would you would think that, but it, but it, now you got to respect the system, right? It ain't so, really no way around that, John. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you're gonna deal with it. <laughs> so you so you got to respect the system. Um, breathalyzer. That's why you're in college, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So breathalyzer in college, going through all this legal stuff in college, trying to find a job, right? So you could have had a job and still got the BAH and still, you know, was getting your Pell grads and right. all that stuff, right? Um, so what happened after you graduated college? After I graduated college, I wound up going through um, a military recruiting company, which landed me as the first um, technical specialist for... Um, a locomotive, like basically, I, I went to work for Siemens, so mm-hmm. I was a subcontractor for Amtrak, and that's how I wound up coming to DC. Okay, so it was a uh, it was when basically Obama and um, Joe Biden was vice president then, and they was trying to like bring back the railroad sector. So it was kind of dope because I got to meet I got to meet like you met vice- Biden, right? I met, um, yeah, I met Biden during that time. So I was the first technical specialist stationed at D.C. when it was doing this project. And I was responsible for training all of Amtrak's employees on these new locomotives, which was equivalent to, like, Teslas in comparison to, Mm -hmm. like, traditional locomotives. And what did you, how did the military help you with that? Um, The recruiting agencies. Okay. Because no, no. the recruiting well, agencies, like, they specifically targeted military yeah. veterans. Well, what I'm saying is now you kind of, you're like this mixture of military experience, mm-hmm. military skill, a yeah. college application, uh, some college uh, knowledge. So 
what kind of core traits from your time in the military helped you for this new civilian job in this under this degree that you you know you got as a civilian but what military kind of traits helped you for that or did any or did it help at all um i think it i think probably it's like a mixture of it helped and hurt it at the same time like understand that civilian the way the civilian sector is very different than the military uh-huh. sector right um where it's beating to us as far as discipline you you know you have turnover or quarters per se and where you know if you five minutes late you walking in everybody looking at you funny mm-hmm. you know civilians like this is way more lax in a lot of cases um and they'll kind of look at you if you like me i'm still i still operate off the military till this day so yeah i don't believe in being late like i show up i need to be early i need to be 15 minutes early i need to be on point i need to be prepared every time you think that's because you joined at such a young age like 17 so it made like a major impression on who you grew up because you grew up in the military i grew up in the military you pretty much grew up there so you, you think that plays a big part it does okay I got a question for you, right? And it's a pretty deep one. So you got out of the military at 14 years, right? High year tenure. And you gave training to a lot of people, you know, that you were able to see stay in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of these people are officers. Some of these people are senior chiefs. Right. Some of these people are chiefs. Um, in that training that you gave and, and in your life and, and how you transitioned and, you know, everything like that, when you see all of these people that, that kind of sprouted from your tutelage, uh, your inspiration you know, so it's some pieces of it, right? Because like mm-hmm. people got pieces of everything, but when you see that, right? Any phase in your life, right? Not now, but any phase in your life up until now, is it a hundred percent like, yo, I'm proud, I'm happy. This is a product of you know something that I was a part of at some point in time, or do you ever get a feeling like? Damn, I wish I was still in there. You know, what would I be doing right now? Type I'm, shit. I'm a I'm a hundred percent proud. Nice. Love I'm a hundred percent proud. And the reason why um is because I was able to impact somebody mm-hmm. and watch somebody grow. So that's all the validation that I need. When I see people like you and other people that are just striving and breaking boundaries even that I couldn't break it's just like man I got the I got to share in a part of that yeah. right um and so the the further you guys but the further all y'all go it's just like man maybe I did something right maybe I helped in some sort of way 
Yeah. So for me, I'm glad. Um, and apart from that, that gives me validation and motivation. It actually motivates me to do what I do now. And even still in the civilian sector, like everything that I learned in military, in the military, I kind of use it as a vantage point now because I'm so structured because I grew up in the military that on the civilian side, like I said, it's lax mm. where then you got this guy that's coming in. That's gun ho, completely gun ho. I'm trying to learn every system. I'm trying to learn everything. And it's just like, I'm going bananas on a knowledge perspective still to this day. So with that being said, it's like, I've already now I've moved up and let's say, for example, I've moved up in the company that I'm in. I'm already a manager and I'm, I'm going up and I'm looking at becoming uh, what's called like a data center manager. That's like the next level up. That's equivalent to like an officer in the military. Um, with that being said, I don't really have any restrictions. I don't this. It's not like I'm in a village that's over man mm -hmm. right now. This is there's no restrictions. This is for the first time. I don't have external restrictions on me. It's all about me and what I know and what I can do. Yeah. And that's like a callback to being an E5 and just being at point five, right? Right. So that's a callback to that. You ever regret not being able to retire? No, that, that's yeah. a different story. But I don't necessarily regret it mm -hmm. because... My federal time, I still have. Nice. So I can still, like, um, one of the things, so after, let, let me jump back into the story. So after well, well, I, well, Before you do, I got one question right. for you. Because if you stayed in and did 20, right, you will be how long, how many years retired if you had done 20? If I had done 20, I would have retired in 2017. Okay. All right. I just wanted to get there. Yeah. All right. So, all right, let's get back into the story because I think I know where you're about to go. Patent office, right? Patent office. Yeah. <laughs> so I laugh at patent office because yeah. I, <laughs> I know what you thought you was getting into, then I know what you found out. Right. <laughs> okay. So, patent office. Yeah. So, with the patent office. So, let's, let, 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 let's transition it. And I'm sorry for a uh, Cutting that right there, but let's transition it. So you Siemens, right? Yeah. Is patent office right after Siemens? Patent office right after Siemens. Okay, all right. So why before we go patent office, why'd you leave Siemens? I left Siemens because Siemens was a funny story, man. Like I was in DC, so I moved up to DC. Uh-huh. But the the pay rate that I thought was at the time I thought was decent. For DC prices, it wasn't decent, man. Right, yeah, yeah, because it's so, crazy. So, yeah, you know, crazy. like, I was living check to check, and I'm like, nah, this is not going to work, man. Mm -hmm. So the patent office pretty much gave me, like, a $21,000 increase. I'm like, yeah, I'm, whatever they got, <laughs> it's like, I'm going, I like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to make it work. So I'm set now. I'm like, I can, I can actually live in DC for real, for real. Yeah. But the patent office was probably like the most stressful <laughs> job I ever had, man. And what they what they uh what they tell you was gonna be doing? 
the patent office, I was basically going to be battling attorneys like yeah. uh, lawyers that, you know, they, they were like lawyers. And we were battling based on they was representing um, inventors that wanted to get things patented. And I was basically the prosecutor. Yeah. But, but now, it was all on the engineering perspective. But now for the patent office, right? So, because we got the, because I remember some of this stuff vividly, right? So, we got a friend of ours, Javon, uh-huh. who be at these jobs. It's yeah. just, life is like easy for him. Like, he's killing it, right? Still. So, it's like, all right, I'm going to go here and it's going to be the same for me. <laughs> he told he told me like, the the way Javon had it, Javon was like, "Yo, you you know, come on, come on over here with me, right?" Yeah. And so I get over there, and I'm thinking like, "All right, well, you know, shit about to be sweet," and it's not. It is. Yeah. It's not at all, right? <laughs> and then so we have these certain things. We, they call them arts, which is like equivalent to a trade. Like you a EM, I'm a GSM. So that's our our different art. Yeah, like yeah. So with that being said, they put me in the gaming sector, video games, right? Whereas Whereas Javon is in like the Bolton sector, so he dealing with like strictly mechanical. I'm dealing with yeah. electromechanical. So when it comes to researching, I felt like man, yo, I, like I I needed the, I needed a support team because yeah. I didn't have mine. It was way more complicated, yeah. right? Um, to try but, to do research to match up the the actual uh patents. Yeah, but I remember talking to you. Mm-hmm. And you saying that, hey man, I thought when I got the job and they put me with video games, I they thought was it was gonna, gonna be testing them out, <laughs> playing them, <laughs> and it wasn't that, wasn't that at it all, it wasn't that at all. <laughs> yeah. So man. what was it? It was it was uh it was like slot machines. So basically, I needed to, like, if somebody was trying to invent a slot machine. I needed to make sure that the slot machine wasn't already in existence. So they can't get Damn. an original patent. Yeah, they can't get a patent. Right. And all this was, I remember you telling me all this shit was legally. All of it was legally. Yeah. All of it was legally. So, and they would act, they actually paid for you to go to law school. So it was a whole different set of like it was whole different terminology like i said it was it was the real deal yeah i mean i had i had a nice office i had everything like you know but it just it was it was a right. headbuster man and this was commission based not really it was it was salary but you could still earn bonuses on top of it so you can still increase. You can you can increase your um, just like like you go from E four to E five or whatever. You can go from like on the federal side, it's GSs. Yeah. So you can advance in rate real quick if you meet in a certain percentage. If you're able to knock out cases. Now this is the job that they have you on, like a trial period. You on probation. On like a probationary period, yep. and that's production based right production based okay and then did you did you make it you gotta meet that that production <laughs> <laughs> that production yo, yo you need to be in the top 10 percent yeah if you're not in that top 10 percent you are x you are out of there yeah so did you get cut i got cut okay All right, so i got, got cut, cut. <laughs> so once again 
you know, that's that's another lesson because you're gonna fail at life. You're gonna yeah. fail at some things, but it's about it's about how you get back up. Uh-huh. Perseverance. And remember yeah. that. You gotta get back up. So in this situation, like, yo, that was probably like the most stressful job <laughs> I've ever had. I thought the military was like stress. Yeah. Especially being a, a you know a, a GSM working in the whole world when people get on restriction they got to come see us right so that lets you know what time it was about like the stress level in our yeah. job. What you mean by that? Because there's some young sellers. That, I'm on. I know what you mean by that, mm-hmm. but I'm only asking you because there's some young sellers that I don't know if they know what you mean by that. So when you say you're a GSM and when people get on restriction they got to come see y'all. What what you mean by that? Well, as a, as a GSM, you know, we work. We got to spend time in the in the hole. We have to work in the hole. So that that means that you're working in, you know, the engine room. The engine yeah. room is, you know, it's hot. It depending on it can it can get up to 120 degrees. Sometimes you got to clean out the bilges. You know, you got to dip your hands in fuel. You got to you know mess with the the lube wall. You got to tear apart some pumps. It's mm-hmm. just it's like not a good job. It's probably one of the dirtiest jobs. On you know when you on a uh uh like a destroyer or cruiser or whatever the situations is nobody wants to be like smelling like fuel when you yeah it's just and then people would get on restriction and have to do what and they got to they got to hit them bilges okay right. I don't think that happened that much on restriction anymore I don't even know if extra duty happened like that I mean somebody could tell me if extra duty happened like that on restriction let me know. I don't think extra duty happened like it used to. Yo, that's crazy if it don't. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't if it think don't. so. I think what they used to take people IDs and cell phones and all that, put your ID on the quarter deck and all that. Is that what used yeah. to happen on restriction? Yeah, restriction a little different, man. Like I restrictions seem a little different. I forgot. I don't wanna um embellish, so I can't really say what I think, but because I'm I think I'm wrong. And I know every ship is not the same. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Every command ain't the same. I remember being on shore duty one time and being like, yo, sh- shouldn't we be? And like in shore duty, is it wasn't the barracks like for the workers. We on shore duty. You live at home. Right. So they had to set up the restricted, you know, sellers in the barracks. And I remember it being a question like, yo, like, do we take their cell phones? Like, is this like humane? <laughs> Wait, you know they, was, they was they like, was on restriction. They was on restriction in the barracks. In the barracks, it's shore duty, so now there's nowhere else for them to go. But they, all right, right, okay. like there's nowhere else for them to go, right. so they go to the barracks. So they go, they did, and then it's like the dudes who was on restriction that got put in the barracks from together. These dudes hated each other. I remember that too. Like these mm-hmm. dudes, like. They might have got no restriction for fighting each other. Like I said, I forgot how that worked, but they ain't had cell phones. Um, well, they had cell phones. I think like five, six days into it, the command's like, oh shit, we gotta take their phones. But then it's a question of like, if you take their phones, what if it's an emergency? Like how they right. this it's a different world that we live in now where we feel like people have to have phones. Some some communication. Some type of way to communicate. You know, and it's wow. crazy because that's just a crazy thought in itself because it's so much easier to communicate, mm-hmm. period. You know what I'm right. saying? It's not like you sending a a, a a crow, you know, miles away with like mm-hmm. a piece of paper in his mouth or something. It's so many, you know, ways to communicate. But we think like that, like you have to have like a cell phone, like at all times or else it's like 
no way to communicate. If we don't have our cell phones, we like, fuck. You know, we passed the time of like telegrams and like, you know, uh, anything that you, you know, would have needed. But they did, they damn near got rid of all the pay phones, right? And that's that's crazy, man. You you taking away the most the the most pivotal part. Because like, like I said, when I go back to the time of being in jail, no communication. Yeah, like, that's crazy. With the with the exception of using a payphone. Yeah. But I'm literally spending weeks and every day I read books. Yeah. From the time I got up till night. And it's like you don't even like you kinda it's a lot of thoughts probably racing. Like you don't even know what like what people saying, what people doing. I know nothing, no access. Yeah. And I would hate getting some piece of information and then it not happening. Like I said, cause a couple of times we were like outside the 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 facility. Mm-hmm. And it's like did you even know it? <laughs> no, I had no idea. I yeah. had no idea. But and and I only got to go outside. We only had rec time for forty five minutes out the day. Yeah, and that was that was it. That was the only time I got sunlight. But with that being said, that was my moment of clarity during that time. That's like the most clarity I've ever like apart like after the military. That was the clearest moment in my life. Yeah. That's when, like, the whole thoughts of, you know what, I'm going to just go to college. I'm going to just, like, I'm going to get back. I'm going to reset into what I initially wanted to do. Because it was a period when I first came in, Um, like I said, my, my business partner graduated from Morehouse. And... The relationship with my business partner is my cousin. I've I've been following my cousin since, like, me and him have been together since I was about four years old. Yeah. And so he literally have been my mentor and pulled me in the direction trying to get me out the hood. Right. My whole life. With that being said, I was supposed to do four years and I was going to go to Morehouse and... um. I didn't do that because I wound up having a having a child. Mm-hmm. So I extended in the military. But me being in jail helped me reset and get back on track to what I needed to do. So that's why I made the decision that like I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna do this college. Because I'm finally I, gonna do it. Do what I said because I, do. I know that my my whole life has been leading to this and I just need to go ahead and step outside. Yeah. Okay, so we're we 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 passed the patent office, mm-hmm. right? What's after the patent office? After the patent office, um, I had a I had a couple of little like interesting things. That, like I I did some. I wound up going to this veterans uh, curation program where I wound up doing like um, I was working with archaeologists. And it was a veterans program where they kind of like helped me basically work on resumes, go to job fairs. That's all out of this area in Alexandria. So with that being said, I wind up networking with like different people from all branches of the military. Okay. So at some point, right? Because we talked about this a couple of times. We said you in jail. You got a girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to take the moment, again, for the people listening, you know, 
Um, and a lot of times in these fan room episodes, I'm talking to the people that I love, like I true love for. So I'm going to take a moment real quick to shout out your beautiful wife, uh, beautiful, smart, hospitable, pleasant, bright. Like for me, bright is like when it comes to like people, mm-hmm. bright to me is like the best kind of treat, like somebody that just glows like as they kind of you know, move. So I'm going to take the moment to shout out uh, your beautiful wife, Shayna, and like everything that she does. And I'm sure she added a whole lot to your life. And, man, she helped me get it. She, uh, she brought are. it together for me, man. Yeah. So at some point, this girlfriend you was talking about mm-hmm. in jail is Shayna. That's my wife now. Right. And y'all transitioned to husband and wife. Right. Um, are you in the patent office when this happened? Is this after the patent office? No, nah, this is actually... So I got engaged when I first came up here. So when I was at Siemens, um, mm. I proposed then. Okay. And so um, we didn't wind up getting married until I wound up working, getting in the, um, the data center industry. So y'all had a long, y'all had like a long, long engagement. engagement. Okay, yeah, y'all had a real long engagement. Y'all wound up getting married at a sweet spot too, like at a time that I was on deployment or something. <laughs> like a real sweet, like you and CJ, man. Shout out to CJ and Lynette too, man. It's like damn, like my, you know, like you, CJ and Twine, my boy Twine. Mm-hmm. Y'all all got married at a time that, like, I just Yo, could man. not come to the wedding man but um you know that's just my own shit you know what i mean like, i wish i was able to come to y'all wedding but um so you married shana mm-hmm. right you married shana shana added a whole lot to to life right um definitely so you got these odd jobs um i'm, I'm calling them odd jobs i know they great job archaeology and stuff like that but um you land at some point you land where you are now yeah right are you happy here I'm I'm right where I need to be. I'm I'm like I couldn't envision it better. Mm-hmm. Like basically all of my experience and my education between the Navy and college is my job right now encompasses everything that I've learned and then some. So it's a it's an intermix of mechanical, um, electrical and IT and business. So even with my brief stint of being a business partner has prepared me to be in management with where I'm at now because I'm utilizing every aspect of my training. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is this a retirement gig? Oh, definitely. Okay. It's definitely a retirement gig. That Like, that's the only reason I haven't like jumped back on a federal side yet. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm trying to f- figure out a way to tie the two together. So because like the data center industry is such uh it's such a prominent industry, especially in the way things are going. Like you have uh the cloud industry, but everything is everything is connected to the internet. Yeah. So, and our industry is growing like I've like I've never seen anything like it before. Like we we acquire businesses 
multiple businesses every year. Let me get your greatest moment in the Navy. My greatest moment in the Navy? Mm-hmm. Or your favorite moment? Either one. My favorite moment was probably... I don't know if it's if it's if it's like isolated to one moment. I think I think my my greatest moment is seeing the team, the people that like my comrades doing what they do. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest thing for me. So when I watch people like um say for instance like a guy named Catry mm-hmm. make it all the people that was under me or I watch you in so many occasions just keep rising like those are the things that are like the those are the greatest things to me yeah so because apart from the the whole structure of the military of making rank and just trying to be great it's like at the end of the day as people I was able to be a part of somebody's journey and I had some insight. I was able to make a connection with somebody. And like for yourself, when we connected, when I when I first met you, it was like, man, you reminded me of me. Mm-hmm. You you was like, I was looking at you like, man. I connect with you on so many levels, right? Um, and it reminded me of how I was. And when you, it, it might be things that you don't even remember. Where like I, when I first met you, it was just like, man, the, my first thoughts was, man, he gonna wind up whooping somebody ass up in this jump, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta tell him how I go. I gotta, you know, like let let me snatch him up. Let me like teach him the game so he know how to like what to expect how to do good and you know like you can't you can't like move the way we accustomed to moving because i know two sides of it i know how it was when i first got in like nobody couldn't tell me nothing at all so it took me a long time to learn how to calm down and adjust and how to like be able to respond to people yeah without being like angry or you know like retaliation and things things of that nature right and so with that being said like i think that i felt that that's probably the greatest thing if i can find people that especially people like in me and your situation and where we come from and how we have a relatability factor and being able to pull each other up yeah, and it's right. crazy because that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, you know, like, we come in from these neighborhoods, man, and you just got this chip on your shoulder, man. Right. You know, New Orleans, I'm from Philly, and it's like, it's competitive. You know, you got to deal with everything. I was talking to my sister about this. Um, You either going to be a bully or you going to get bullied. Right. You know, and that was the... That was the that and might it sound it crazy. No in between. Yeah, that might sound crazy, but that was the perspective. Right. You know, and then in some of these neighborhoods, it's true, it's true to life. Like at some point, you're gonna be the bully, 
And then at some point you're going to get bullied. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, so it's like when you go to a place that you know you got to have leverage, you go with trying to get your leverage. Like, yo, um, this is who I am. You know, this me. This when we used to stand on where we was from, you know? So right. it's like, for me, it was like, when you left, that what you just said that we probably never really even talked about. I never really talked or thought about this, but I took that man along. You know, I would see a young dude that I saw myself in mm-hmm. and I would talk to him, you know, because this is how we could do this. We come from places that you really got to get to it at. You got to get your yeah. nails dirty, right? So it's easier when you find a groove, like you said, going to the gym. You know, like you said, the first year, the first two years, mm-hmm. when you find that groove, you good to go. You know right. what I mean? It don't, we know this is a system. You know, and I talk about this damn near every episode of Farrow. This is a system. When you figure out how it works, right. it's easy to work it. You know what I'm saying? So I know like for you, for instance, um, I would look at it like sports, for instance, like, like Reggie. Reggie just keeps seeing people beat his record. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's three-point record. Right. You know how good that would feel for me? You know, to like watch people beat my record? And a lot of people might not understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people might not get that. But it's like, if I got a record to be beaten, that means I contributed something here, Right. you know, to make something better. You know what I mean? Right. And And it's... <sighs> And it means something if it's doable. So another thing you talked about earlier that I wanted you to uh, make sure you knew and understood was you talked about, and you keep talking about it, but you talked about reaching people. You talked about Kadri. You talked about me. You talked about that. But you know how many people you reached after me that you'll never know or meet because you reached me? Mm -hmm. Or you reached somebody else? Like, you know how many people... That shit spawns to right. is almost like <laughs> getting <laughs> being separated from the Navy for higher tenure, right? Mm-hmm. And then having enough seeds in the garden to plant a whole damn garden mm-hmm. of people that's gonna continuously grow, right? And that's what I believe most about impact is this shit that you put in. I'm just talking about myself here, like personal. Right. This shit that you put in me is going to last forever. Right. And the Navy is going to last forever. Right. It's going to keep, it's going to keep growing. Yeah. It's never going to die. Right. Each one teach one. Yeah. That's, that's the whole purpose of it. That's what I was taught. So, the same way I might have had an impact on you, it was somebody that had impact on me. Like I said, um, and for me, that like that person was my mentor. That was my cousin that was pulling me out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in that situation, he was he already had his life ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, the, what I, I, I grew up in a in a rough like 
I grew up in a, in a, in a rough upbringing. But with that being said, if I didn't have somebody like planting seeds in my in my mind, I wouldn't I wouldn't have made it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but for me to actually have some sort of impact on you or whoever I would have had impact on, um, it's like that that it just keeps it just keeps growing. It's gonna keep going. It's going and like. To me, it's a it's a real big deal because even I remember upon meeting you, like my whole mindset was, man, it's it's rough. Like my whole coming, my transition into the Navy and transitioning outside of we have this thing in in like like New Orleans or Louisiana as a whole, right? I have sons now that I'm dealing with. So even with that said, we kind of have what's called a prison culture, right? Um, if you know anything like of from a historical context, we have Angola, which is like the number one prison industrial complex mm-hmm. in the world. Literally, with that being said, we have prisoners, uh, people that inmates that get out and they raise children and the children have like prison like mentalities. So the whole culture that we come up in, just like you said, and that's why it's a relatability factor because it's you either are a bully or you get bullied. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, that's what we know. Like my mindset growing up was you have to have respect because if you don't have respect, you have nothing. You're going to be the victim. So automatically, the response to that is you got to prove your work. So as soon as like, soon as somebody try you, you got to go a hundred percent. That was my mentality first coming into the military. That's why I said it took me a long time to break out of it. Yeah. But, and it was a slow process for me because in the military, that's my first time dealing with people from, all over the world, you're dealing with people from like different countries in Africa and in India, everywhere. They they don't know any. They don't care yeah. about none of that, right? It, like <laughs> they don't really give a damn about you. As far as you you trying to earn your respect, somebody got to give you that. It don't matter. Yeah. So it took me a while to like realize that. And so when as soon as I see other people coming from places that are similar to me, and I see them going through the same like trying to break out that same mental complex that I was going through, right? It's like, man, I see myself. So let me, let if I can help, if I can help and I can tell them like, yo, I, I get you. I really do get you, but you got to like, you know, this is, do this, think about this, Yeah. right? So for me, it ain't about, it's not about like, rank it wasn't about any of that it's just about like really helping somebody because i know where we coming from and i know like the way the way i look at it it's like man somebody like my cousin was saving my life when he was doing what he was doing when he was giving me what he was giving me yeah it's crazy because you make me think about i just had to write a um a statement of character 
for somebody mm-hmm. just recently. He asked me to write a statement of character for him. And um, in this statement of character, on a few occasions, I said, I think this dude could pretty much be one of the best leaders that, you know, that 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 we could have just from the principles that this dude stands on, right? Mm-hmm. Now, notice, though, I'm writing a statement of character, so I'm writing it for a reason, you know right. what I mean? But I'm like, yo, he could be one of the best leaders that this Navy has based off his principles. But he needs a leader that understands that. Right. If if somebody don't understand that, they're going to be intimidated. You right. know, and I I really think that's what we're talking about here. And it, and if you get this person that intimidates you, you're going to leave them where they are. You're going to leave them where they are. Right. Uh if you don't feel like you can mold them, if you don't feel like you could, uh, and I and I, I used to, I think at some point I called it like uh, emotional ignorance. I forgot what I called it, but it's like, damn, like you discouraged, like you can't do this, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I think I got a sweet spot when I when I got to the ship because I had people like you there. Um, I had people like Hove, Javon. I had people like that there to talk to as well in combat systems, but I also had people like. Um, Wills, um, Jeezy, Teezy, you, you, um, you had a cast, hip, man. We had a hell right? of a cast. Like, so I had a bunch of people there that had been in some way, shape, or form broken or like rough around the edges, and they had to transition, mm-hmm. you know. So it was like. And this was that bootstrap kind of navy. This was that different, you know, 07. This was a little different. So, man, I want to tell you, you know, before we kind of get out of here, is like, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate oh, no thing, man. that impact. I appreciate seeing everything. Every, man, I learned life lessons from you about, like, dude, you helped me have a better relationship with my father. You know what I mean? And I don't know if we ever even talked about this, but and I and I, I don't want to get into it too much, but just I was live action seeing um you wanting to be with your, your kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want I don't, like I said, I don't want to get too deep, but I was live action seeing that. And I was thinking, like, what if that was my dad at one point and it just couldn't happen, you know? Right. Now, whether I know my mom listened to everything I do, right? Whether it was my dad or not, just the idea that it could have been. Right. You know, like, so it was the idea that it's another side to the story. Right. That I never know. You know what I'm saying? Because I was seeing your side. You know what I mean? So that helped me. That really, that really did help me just as a person. Of course, you know the impact, you know, you had the Navy. You still, I mean, we still together right now. You know, we yeah, still man. we still have an impact. I mean, I remember days, I'm, I man, dude, I remember this one day. It's like four in the morning, dude. I'm in the apartment. You call me like, yo, I'm on my way over. I'm like, yo, it's four in the morning. We going through insert, bro. <laughs> like, so, man, we had our moments, man. We had great times. We're going to talk about a lot of the great times. Yeah. I really wanted to talk transition. I got two more questions for you. Um the first question is, what's up? Like, where are you? What's life looking like? You talked about your sons. Mm-hmm. Um, what's life looking like in the next year or two? I mean, right now, right now I'm trying to make, I'm still, 
I'm still growing, man. I'm still like, I'm I'm still the same and still mm-hmm. growing. So for probably like since I got out the military now, my mindset is still the same as far as continuing to learn more shit than I knew last year. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm still a study hound. Always. Mm-hmm. I still continue to try to like learn as much as I can possibly learn. Um and I'm I'm in my bag now. I'm I'm comfortable in that space. With that being said, like right now I'm currently I'm in all types of stuff, man. I like I'm um right now I'm taking I'm taking a couple of NFT classes. I'm I'm taking a, a classes to be a certified data center manager right now. Um I'm also in the works. I'm like I there's something going on right now where I'm probably gonna become that within the next probably year to two years. I'm expecting to make that this year. Mm. Um with that being said, I also am going to wind up me and my cousin, as usual, of course, mm-hmm. are probably gonna go back into our next business venture. Nice. So, so it got anything to do with those pies, man? Your cousin? Like I I I I want to go to New Orleans. It's not the pies. It's not the pies. Soul, soul pies, right? Soul pies. Um, yeah, soul pies. Oh, but he—he's. I, I want a soul pie so bad. He's—he's he's growing, and that one is a. Uh, He's—he's—he's he's doing it right now. Like he's—he's he's gotten big on that perspective. He's still—he's still doing soul pies. Yeah, he's still doing soul pies. He's still oh, doing okay. the original company. We have the. We started off valet parking. Yeah, and he's doing soul pies now. Hey, cause there's I, another... I want some soul pies, cuz <laughs> I want some soul pies so bad. Like I... there's another, uh, there's another. Yeah, if you look up soul pie Nola, that's that's the plug for that, so yeah. you can check out soul pie Nola. Yeah, so if you ever, if y'all ever in the area, you want to go to festivals, look for soul pie Nola. Check him out. Um, and if you need your cars valet, look for Oracle Valley. Oracle Valley. Yep. Okay. So where there's it's always a different venture. So right now we're looking at the next thing. Mm-hmm. So and I I can't give away certain ideas mm-hmm. on here, not yet. Yeah, that's cool. Right? Until they come into fruition. So but that's that's kind of what's going on right now. All right. So before my last question, did we miss anything? I mean of course, we always gonna miss something, man. Because it's like we, <laughs> we, we. This is only like a quarter of yeah. of information. We have so much history, you know. So so many things to talk about. It's yeah, we got like a whole nother life to talk yeah, about. Man. We got like uh, the music life. Then we, we got, got the, like to go right. to clubs. We got exactly Liberty nights and so many like highs and lows and in betweens. Yeah. All right, so my last question, I always end this off the same way, um, you know, and today I'm going to say I'm a husband. You know, that's what I am today. I'm a husband today um, with hopes to one day be a father. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'm a husband. Um, I love my wife. I love life. Um, every day is a learning process uh, when it comes to that. But I always end this off asking people who they are. 
you know? So my question for you, and it could you could it could be your answer could be as long as you want it to be, it could be as short as you want it to be. But my my question for you is who are you? Um to me, in my mind, man, I'm that dude that never gave up. I just I keep fighting, I'm a fighter. That's it. Like, and that's probably who I'm gonna be for the rest of my life. Like, I'm not gonna take no for an answer and I'm never gonna be boxed in ever again. All right. Well, I'm gonna end this one with I love you. Love you too, bro. I love your wife. I appreciate love that. The impact that you had on me in my life. Um, and that's gonna carry on Lord willing through my children as well. You know what I'm saying? And I hope to have an impact at some point on yours. Um Well, you're gonna be here. You're gonna yeah, be here yeah, for yeah, you. Be here. You, you. Like you here, they gonna like we all in this together, man. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a tribe, man. It's a tribe. Yeah, man. That's love. I appreciate it. To everybody that listened, this was the fan room. This was P. That's what I call him, P, Stephen Pierre. My God, that I love uh, transit, talking about transition, talk about life, talk about growth, talk about coming from humble beginnings um, and, and still fighting, just still fighting. So uh, you guys already know I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I see you guys next month. Peace out. Peace.